Today on the Av Podcast, man, these bags are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, it's, it's really wild out here. And in the next few years, you're going to see just how wild it's going to get. Now, I'm saying this, of course, because Jalen Brown just signed the richest contract in NBA history at the, at the moment. Um, so I'm joined once again by the host of the Royal City Hoops podcast, Bill Gagne, as we break down this historic contract, what it means for future extensions going forward, and what players should truly be worth in the NBA, and a lot more. All right, so this podcast was originally recorded on Wednesday night on July 26th. This was around the time when we all found out about Bronny James and his cardiac arrest situation, which was absolutely shocking, to say the least. Um, he's apparently back home after being in ICU and was in stable condition for, I believe, like about three to four days before he was released. And he was out having dinner with his father on Saturday night. Um, so we wish nothing but great health going forward for that young man because I don't understand what's happening with some of these players going through this, especially with, you know, being so young. It's actually really scary. So we'll have to see what was the cause of this. Of course, like, you know, we'll all find out, I suppose, at the same time. That was not the news you were expecting to get. I actually planned on seeing one of his games in person this year. I was actually uh, getting ready to schedule that trip. But now you just got to wish him luck and, and good health going forward. Like, fuck basketball. You know, take care of that. Then we just see where everything lies after that. But I wish him nothing but the best because... I mean, shit, that, that, that situation is crazy. Um, I'm not sure how you transition after that, <laughs> but I don't want to hold the podcast any longer, so let's get things started. But before we do that, make sure you subscribe to SouthShareAve.com. Once again, that is SouthShareAve.com for the catalog. And I'll also be releasing another episode of Memory Lane where I unearth some of my favorite MNR Classic episodes uh, since starting up this podcast back in 2016. But I'm going to touch on that towards the end of the show. All right. It's the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Click on them stars for me. The five stars. You got to click on those five stars for me before I start it. Give me it. Welcome to the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Uh, welcome to the Ave Podcast, where I'm joined by the host of the Royal City Hoops Podcast, Bill Gagne. How you doing today, sir? Great, Calvin. How are you today? No, I'm doing good, doing good. Um, so for everybody listening, this is a, 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 a mini pod today because, you know, when, when, when records get broken in the NBA, you know, you, you kind of got to discuss it a little bit, even though we kind of knew this was coming. And we knew this day was coming, right? Like, especially considering that you didn't hear any like real news you know um this offseason about jalen brown being on a trading block or or not signing back with boston so you knew this day was going to come and you knew that when he signed this deal it was going to be the richest contract in nba history but bill when that day comes holy cow you still have to sit back and marvel at it the the numbers are crazy you know for everybody that doesn't know it's a five-year deal worth 304 million dollar extension it's averaging out to 60.8 million per year. And on the last year of his deal, which would be in 28-29, he'll be collecting $69 million. I repeat, $69 million on the last year of his deal, which is like the highest scale of the Lotto Max type of money, which is beyond <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts when you see this news? Even though we knew this day was coming, what are your thoughts when you see this news? 
still trying to digest how Jalen Brown got the biggest contract in the NBA. It just seems odd that the best player in the NBA doesn't have the biggest contract and that it's perpetually going to be like this, you know, as the cycle goes through that people who are, you know, maybe, I mean, he's made one all NBA team. I know. That's last year. (laughs) And so he just signed this deal. And I, I was thinking, I checked his age right away when I saw that he signed the deal. So he's 26. So he'll be 31 at the end of the deal. And then I wonder, you know, are are we going to be in the same boat as we are with Dame with teams going $60 million at the end of this deal? Do I really want it? You know what I mean? Right. The the scary thing about about that, though, is even as you're saying that, and we'll touch on this in in a moment, but in five years, that might still that I don't want to say it'd be a reasonable deal because 60 million is 60 million, but there'll be more than enough owners that may be able to pay that, you know, but we'll, we'll touch on that in a moment. But like that to me is, I think the crazy part of all of this, right? Looking at, and I mean, look, I think it kind of speaks to the way that, that the league is continuing to, to grow financially, you know, because, you know, as somebody, as you mentioned, who's uh who, who's an all-star, I mean, he accomplished what he did during this current contract, which is being a two-time All-Star, you know, second-team All-NBA this this uh, this past season. He hit the escalators, so it doesn't matter who it is, you know what I mean? Whether it's a superstar or an All-Star or somebody that's on the fringe of that. Once you hit those certain escalators, especially when you start making All-Stars and All-NBA teams and winning awards, that type of thing, especially like the All-NBA and MVP, you know, it, it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter who gets it. When you're whether you're a superstar or not, you, once you're eligible to get it, and more often than not, you're going to get it. You know what I mean? You're going to get that money. And and in his case, I don't know. Uh, to me, I think he deserves it just based on just based on where they've got, like in terms of the work that he's put in the last seven years. You know, they've gone to uh, what five Eastern Conference Finals. They went to the NBA Finals where he he was their best player. You know, Jason Tatum didn't have a great Finals. But he was their best player. And as you mentioned, like he's 26 years old and he's part of a duo where they're both entering their prime years together. You know, he's put in the work, you know, regardless of, I guess, of, of how we feel of of where or who's getting paid or where the money's at. Like, you know, he, he put in the work in terms of the contract and the escalators and, and you know, so, so that he can qualify to get something like this. He's benefiting from the system that's in place, really, right. right? Like, whether he's earned it or not, or he's worth it or not, I don't even know if that's the question. He qualifies for it. Yes. Might be a better way to look at it. Eligible, right? yeah. <laughs> and if you were to maybe look to why you would give it to him, is that he's probably still got some upside. Or or maybe his game is imperfect in a way that it could grow, <laughs> whether he attains that upside or not. <laughs> I, and I think that's the crazy part too, because obviously in this uh, the last well in the last series that he was in, you know he got exposed, you know for for the, his left hand not being as strong, right? So you know Miami being the team that exposed that, but you know it 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 doesn't mean that you know based on the way he works, based on his age, it doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. Now if it does and he doesn't work on that left hand. Oh, based on the fact that he's the first $300 million player, 
always going to get destroyed, especially in Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, his yeah. his playmaking could be better as well, right? His turnovers right. are kind of high, yep. and he he could evolve as a playmaker to be somebody who could create for others. Mm-hmm. He tends to be a little tunnel visioned. I wouldn't ever describe him as a guy who's just out to get numbers. He sometimes though he stretches himself a little too far, and it ends up in a turnover. Right. Yeah, the decision making has to be better. Yeah. In some aspects of it, but that's the crazy part of all of this, though. It's it's how big is the ceiling? How big is that gap? How far is he away from the ceiling of of like being on top of that? Right? Like, is he is is there is there more room to his game to grow? And I think there is, and that, and that's the crazy part. Like when these, you know, when you look at the basketball related income, you know, and, and and in terms of ticket sales, concessions, merchandise, you know. Um, like all the TV contracts, everything that goes into that, every time it changes and and it goes up, when somebody signs that max deal, and it doesn't matter who it is, they're gonna be the richest player. So I know some I, I I've seen some places where they're like, wow, like Jalen Brown is the highest paid player in NBA history. But at least in terms of where where we are at this stage now, at least he's an all star, and it's not like a role player getting this kind of money where he's signing the richest deal or like a you know a few years ago like Rudy Gobert. At one point, was what signed the richest deal in NBA history, and everybody went crazy. But I'm like, well, he hit the escalators, right? He, he he's eligible. He's eligible right? for it, and 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 there's a team. All it takes is one team, you know. Especially if it's a team that's already paying you, if they want to sign it, and you and you hit those escalators, and they feel like it's it's worthwhile, you're gonna get it. Doesn't doesn't matter if it's like, uh, you know what? He's not a top five player. He's not the best center in the NBA. That doesn't matter. You know what I mean? As long as there's a market for you to get it, you're you're most likely gonna get it. Yeah, I've heard that I've heard and thought about the comparison between NBA owners and NFL owners, you know, and that NFL owners tend to have a lot more solidarity in these moments. And then I right. just remember that Deshaun Watson got two hundred and forty million dollars <laughs> guaranteed. So yeah, that just goes out the window, right? Yeah, it's it is really going to be a we're going to have to get used to it mm-hmm. the last richest contract was Jokic, if i'm right. not mistaken yeah for 267 you know you're going hey amazing like the guy just won a chip yeah and he also is arguably the best player in the world if not the top three yeah jalen brown is not even the best player on his team <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, think about it. it when, where is he in the top 20 players in the league? Yeah, top 15, top 20. Well, based on the fact that if you're going by this season, he was top 10 because he was a second teamer. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's a top 15 player, I would say. He's yeah. a top, top 15 player and, and most likely he's not the best player on his own team. At the same time, though, if you're if you're a player, though, and especially if you're – um, uh, uh, you know, if if you're an upper echelon player or like a maximum player, like uh, like that's above him, you're happy he's getting this because that means what what did the Wayne's brothers say in Living Color? Mo money, mo money, mo money. Like you're getting crazy, crazy money if he's getting yeah. that kind of paper, right? So you got know, you got to be happy. Well, we're I think we're just a few years away from the Saudi Arabian Basketball League just offering people massive contracts. <laughs> so none of it'll matter. Well well, you know what though, Bill? 
do you, do you think there's going to be a Saudi Arabian team, Saudi Arabian uh, ownership that's going to buy a team? Because the kind of money that they're throwing out there to some of these other sports, I mean, it would, would, especially with, with gambling and everything that's kind of opened up right now, like the seas are parting. So if this Saudi Arabian team comes and says, I want $6 billion to, to own a Vegas team, are, are the leagues going to turn it down? My understanding is the NBA has um, laws in place, bylaws in place to prevent foreign ownership. Oh, okay. I wasn't even aware of that, actually. You know, so they don't want groups like conglomerates owning a team. They want individuals. And, again, every owner has to be approved by the Board of Governors. By the Board of Governors. Okay? Yeah. So it, it'll be... Am I going to say it's never going to happen? I can't say that. Am I going to say it's unlikely to happen in the very near future? I would say yes. Very unlikely. There, there's. I mean, right now they're just dipping their toes in the soccer waters in terms of getting big names. When they start to get big names that aren't at the end of their careers, then then, they, then we got to start really think, thinking seriously of them as a threat uh, in terms of soccer, never mind basketball. Uh, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. Well, well, I mean, Mbappe did say no, or he is saying no. But I mean, a seven hundred and seventy-six seven hundred and seventy-six million dollar contract. I mean, somebody's gonna say yes to that in their prime for one season. That was just for one season. That's for one season. That's insane. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. Yeah, I might I might have said yes to that. <laughs> I believe I believe it's a I I believe it's one season. I believe it's for one season. But it's but I mean, cause, and and I, and I think even the transfer that they have to pay, um, the Paris Saint Germain team, the PSG would be I think like three hundred and thirty two million dollars, which would be like of of course that'd be like a a, a earth shattering record. You know what I'm saying? Like that. It's wild where some of this money's going. But to your point though, I know it has to be approved by governors. They want somebody even if it's not, if it's not, if it's not a conglomerate they want somebody to be leading like the leading face of the of the franchise but it could be it could set up where somebody comes in that's backed by saudi money well they they would sniff that out yeah yeah that you that's I mean? that's true too this isn't an episode of narcos calvin <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a bunch of I, I, I didn't say it was. I'm just, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like you know, it's it's it does the the money that's coming to to the NBA is gonna between streaming, you know, between the the the, yeah. the traditional you know networks because you're hearing that um, there's rumors that NBC kind of wants back in the game too. Especially because yeah. they they got their sports network and everything else. They I think they're they're looking to try to do something where, even if they don't get like full rights to 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 the NBA like ESPN and TNT, they want to feature like how they do Sunday night football to feature maybe Sunday night basketball, and throw millions of dollars into that. You know what I mean? So, all this to say, you know, and we'll touch on uh, again touch on this in a second. But all this to say that the money that's coming for some of these players, this contract in I don't even want to say five years. I would say maybe in about two to three years, it's going to surpass this, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're still going to look at it and go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, these players are wealthy, like generational wealthy. I mean, to your point, the fact that he's 26 years old, he's going to get a second bag that's either equal or surpassing this by the time he, in five years. So think about that for a second. He's going to make, by the time he finishes the next contract, if it's a, say it's like a five-year or even a four-year, he's going to make minimum $600 million by the time, you know what I'm saying, by the time he gets to the end of his third contract. Yeah. Which to me is mind-bogglingly, like, it's, that's just, that's insane. And he's not the best player on the team. I would say, Calvin, he's he's somewhere between... 15 and 20 in terms of player rankings in the NBA. And like, if you sit down and you start counting out who you think is better than him, you're going to find it's going to be hard for him to crack that top 15. Yeah. And you're just kind of going like that guy just got $300 million. And how many other guys are locked in? to their existing contracts. We, we look at Bradley Beal before the Jokic deal. He, his contract was the biggest. Yeah. And I think there's a cautionary tale in here somewhere in terms of what happens when you want to get off that deal. You're getting nothing in return. We're looking at Damian Lillard and they're saying, oh, we're going to hold out for big, uh, big, a bigger deal. But there's no bigger deal out there. Than what Miami's offering. So, I, I think there's a cautionary tale involved. Like, just because you can give a guy the max, doesn't mean you should, because you still have to build a roster. These have to be calculated moves going forward. Yeah, and I mean, for somebody to get the max, like like a Washington, like I at the time, which it was a mistake for them to do that. I understand they wanted to keep they want to keep their best player at home, but. For that price, when you know he's he's a guy that may or may not, he's not a lot to make an All Star game. You know what I mean? As good as he is, but be, based on the record, based on sometimes his injury history, he's not always a lot to make the game. Nothing to do with his game, but he's not always a lot to make an All Star game. Like for for me to pay somebody fifty million dollars a year, it has to be a guarantee. Unless you're like you're injured, regardless of record, if I'm paying you. $250 million or what have you, over $200 million, you're making the All-Star game every single year. Well, sit down with a pen and paper. Bradley Beal is in that same Jalen Brown category. Bradley Beal is now the third best player on the team he's on. Right. And that team will struggle to, like, they're maybe a top four, depending on how you look at it. They're a top four team in the West, but would you pick them ahead of Denver or the Lakers right now? Or the Warriors. In the West. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a full guarantee. So when you're handing out that money as a small market team, and Boston is not a small market team, or any team for that matter, the future consequences suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're just seeing right now, there's a handful of players holding... Uh, player movement and team movement hostage right now. You know, I love Dame. I love what he's doing. His contract is sixty million dollars at age thirty-six, and or sixty-three million. Yeah, I think so. The you, last year of his contract. Yeah, 
you know, what if Jalen Brown is the player he is now and is, maybe he gets 5% better? Yeah. At the, no matter how how high the cap goes, he's still going to be a 30-year salary cap. Yeah, because the maximum is 35% that you can pay a player under the cap, right? You know, so... so and, and that's the I thing... You Sorry, gotta go cross ahead. your fingers and hope it works out. And, and that's the thing too. Like if 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 they decide, you know, in a few years, two three years from now, that they're gonna split this duo to duo up, depending on if he improves, I think he can still be a number one team on a playoff contender, not a championship contender, but a playoff contender. If he just based on the salary and what have you, right? I don't know if you know playoff contender meaning like first or second round, right? But yeah, I, I but I think in this day and age, you know. No contract is unmovable to me, right? It's it's only when you start putting situations where I only want to play for that team that's where it becomes difficult. But there's right. always there's always a buyer. There's always somebody that's willing to make that deal. I want you to bookmark this in your calendar and put the name Carl Anthony Towns right next to it. We're we're gonna revisit this in a year because <laughs> he's gonna get moved. He's gonna, you know what? You are right. The question is, what are you going to get in return? That and that and that's the part. Like, do you do you stack up on a bunch of draft picks? Do you want to star back? You know what I mean? Like, but but at the end of the day, all contracts to me are movable. To me, like, yeah. I, like well, the, the thing is, when you overvalue an asset, okay, look at what's happening with Lillard. You overvalue. You have an asset, and you're like, I want a star in return. Well, who's giving one up? Who's going to say, oh, I want Damian Lillard. Here, I'm going to ship you the star. No, no, I want to keep my star and pair him with Damian Lillard. Right. So nobody's giving these up. You're getting pennies on the dollar. And picks, cap space, whatever you can get, you're almost glad just to get from out from under the contract. Never mind what you get back. And I think that's where Washington was. Yeah. Because they just they, they they just I mean they lost on the deal because they didn't get a, a ton back, really and Portland, truly. Portland's gonna lose on this deal. Yeah, Danny Ainge did it again with Rudy Gobert and pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, and now everybody's going, "Oh, what did we do?" But that's the but that's the crazy part though. Part of it too is when you when as a player when you when you dictate where you want to go, that's great on the player. You know, it's great for player empowerment, yeah. but. It takes away the leverage of the of of your employer that's trying to move you, and that's where this stuff takes a while. I, I think the last time I had you on the podcast, that's why I, I think I, I was I kept saying like if it would be a situation where, or the last one I did, I should say, would it would be a situation that would be better if you opened it up to a few teams, let's, like let's at least two, two at least three teams. If you open up to two or three teams, two or three places where you you want a player, you can see yourself. Even if even if Miami's on the top of the list, but you have like two more that I can go to, then it's like okay, well, now we can we can work with some things, and maybe another team jumps in now. Another, but when it's just one team and you only and they don't have a ton of assets, that's what makes it tough. And that's what that's that's what makes it like like a like this Damian Lillard situation stretch out into the summer that's still hanging over the rest of the the rest of the league. Let's take it a step further and go. Comparing it to Ben Simmons or James Harden, I think you lose the leverage the minute you say you want out. Yeah, you're you're handcuffing your team. James Harden declared he wanted out, then went in, 
and just sandbagged it. Had to trade him. Right? He he doesn't care if he destroys his value. He's willing to make your life miserable. And you're just like, man, I gotta get out from under this no matter what. It's it's something that Tracy McGrady said in a recent interview in um in GQ magazine where he where he was talking about Harden and he was like to him he was like the Harden situation makes no sense to him because he's like like what this at this stage of your career what is it you're looking for at this point like what is it you're looking for and I and I and I agree because I mean I've said this previously where like what team is going to give you that kind of player usage at this stage of your career where you're slowing down and still willing to pay you they may not will they may not be willing to pay you the maximum money that you think you're worth but based on your body of work right now and the fact that you're slowing down and we you know even a casual fan can kind of see that to me it's like where where else are you going to go so to so to pigeonhole the team and be like I only want to play for the clippers they're not going to like a, a guy like Daryl Morey is not an idiot you know and and a lot of G, there's a, there's a lot of GMs that are smarter than they used to be so in this in this situation now you're not going to take trash back just because this guy wants to leave. You know what I mean? You're like, well, okay, sandbag yourself then if you're going to have to. Which, which, but the thing is, will, is he willing to do that for a third time? Like, that's like, I mean, does this guy really value? Like, I, I mean, I, I guess he doesn't in terms of, you know, when he put that tweet out saying that he's, you know, it's, it's time to get uncomfortable. In a situation like him, this would be the, if he does this, this would be the third team that he does that to. And, and and on your name, like like, does that not mean anything? Like when you do that again, and now it's the, and you're a free agent, like that to me is wild. And and the crazy part here too is I think people aren't catching this too because he's in his last year of his deal. He like he almost has to come back to Philly because of, because he's in his last year of his deal, and this is courtesy of uh, the the low post of the um, podcast. Oops. But and because he's in the last year of his deal. He can't play basketball anywhere. So if he decides he doesn't want to play and Daryl Moore decides he doesn't want to trade him, he can't go to, like, Europe and even play basketball. There's nowhere he can go. He, he, like, no, he, so, he so, can't so go he, anywhere. He does not have the leverage. He does not have this leverage. That's the crazy part of this. He doesn't really have the leverage. Uh, let's, let's look at it from the Clippers' side. Why do you want James Harden? Right make you better than the Warriors, the Lakers, or the Nuggets? No. Does James Harden have a track record of taking you to through big playoff wins? No. So if you're the Clippers and the Sixers are calling you saying, we want this, this, and this, it's like, look, I'll send you some second-round picks and some cap filler, but otherwise keep them. You know, yeah. he, he doesn't make them – Maybe they win more games, but he doesn't make them better than any of those teams. But on top of that, though, Bill, the Clippers don't even have the assets to even offer Philly something worthwhile for him either. They don't have a lot of stuff. After, yeah. after everything that happened with with uh, with the Paul George trade back in 2019, they don't have a they don't control any of their picks. So at this point, it's like, what can you even really offer? Unless you're sending back Paul George, like there's nothing you can really offer at this point. If you wanted me to take James Harden, I'd be saying, well, so I'm going to ship you a first-round pick and James Harden, and I'll take your salary cap filler. Right. You know what I mean? I, like, why do I want James Harden? Where does, that, where does that take me? 
in 12 months. It takes me to the same place I am now. Maybe top six in the West. And then what if he decides to leave because he's a free agent after next season? I mean, what makes you want a guy like that on your roster? I, I, I think the leverage is kind of fool's gold. But to speak back to Boston for a moment, though, to travel to, to yeah. travel this back to Boston, like I, I think they're still in a good place because, again, with the cap going up, they know they have to sign Tatum, and Tatum's going to get more, which is which is crazy because for all those escalators now in in his in his contract because he's up for an extension next summer, he's a four time All Star. He most likely will be a five time All Star by the by the time his extension kicks in or his extension is eligible. And he'll be a four-time, because right now he's a three-time All-NBA team. Uh, yeah. Within that time frame, twice first team. He's probably going to be the first or second team next year, unless something happens. You know, Eastern Conference Final MVP, All-Star MVP. All these things add up. So that's why I'm like, like the contract Jalen Brown's making, he's definitely going to get more, just based on the accomplishments that he had during his contract. It could be twenty million more over the life of the deal. It could be thirty million more. This could be like a five years, three thirty-five deal by the time it's done. By the time, and especially with the TV contract kicking in next year, you know it's it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But they got it. Well, Boston has some decisions to make too because um, obviously Porzingis is a free agent after after next season, and and they, even though they got a first round pick back for him. Um, sorry, not for him, but for that uh, for that Marcus Smart trade. But what is Porzingis going to be worth on the open market now, too? Especially, especially if they don't win, because what are you paying him now, too? Because you lose him, and I mean, we he you know he's he's a guy that is not totally proven himself in the playoffs either. But he is a twenty point scorer in the league. If you if he's your third best player, that's a great option. But at the same time. What are you paying him now if you're giving Jalen Brown sixty million and and Jason Tatum sixty five million or sixty six million? What's left What's left on the market for you to do that without hitting that second apron where you're going to get completely sandbagged in terms of getting um, luxury taxed on? Right? Like what? How? What is that value at? Like so that so they got to figure out their depth with signing these two max players, which they have to do it. But like, where did they go in terms of depth? To, to still be on a yeah. championship type of time, you know, timeline. Yeah, we we've established the importance of depth, and we're we're really going to have to see how it all plays out. It just reminds me of you know, uh, A Rod and Albert Pujols at the end of their deals for baseball. You know right. what I mean? Right. It, I just I've. I'm scared of the regret later. Not that I wake up sleepless nights over Jalen Brown's contract, but it's just thinking of, like you said, roster construction, depth. We're watching, we we mentioned Damian Lillard and, and James Harden before. We're watching the end of those big paydays at the end of these contracts hurt these teams and their ability to make moves. We mentioned the Clippers. They got they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both coming up at the end of their deals. Yeah. So where where you know where is all that? None of these teams have uh, who've signed these guys to massive deals who are fringe players, not fringe, but like not top five players haven't had championship success. So it, it may act as a cautionary tale going forward that. Hey, 
just because he's eligible doesn't mean you should give it to him. No, and and you're right. And and going forward now, just to just to give like just before we wrap this up, in terms of predictions on the next set of uh, of contracts and extensions, like especially going to let's that's not even let's not even predict the next few years. Let's just go from next season. What are, what are your predictions on on the the type of max money these like some of these players are going to sign next year? Like who's your most who, like who are your most interesting cases? You would say. I'd have to go, I don't even know who a, who a free agent next summer is. Like who's eligible for these extensions? Um, let me let me uh, let me pull it up on Google really quickly here. Um, but but I know for starters, Giannis is one, obviously. Um, <laughs> Paul George. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, let me see. Two are easier. Giannis is the one where you're going like he's getting all of it. You know, if if we look at the escalation from Beal to Jokic, I think the difference was like twelve million, right between the two. I uh, I would say you know Giannis is going to sign. So he's what twenty. So, so let me so let me not let me not cut you, but I'll just give you just uh some of the highlighted players in terms of that's eligible for an extension, much less the free agents. Um, let's go. Donovan Mitchell is up, is eligible. Jamal Murray is eligible next season. Uh, Chris Paul and Clay Thompson are both eligible. Uh, Alpha mentioned Kawhi and Paul George and, and Giannis are eligible. Anthony Davis is eligible, actually, I think, um, right before the, the season starts, about October 31st. He's eligible. Uh, Bam is eligible. Uh, CJ McCollum is eligible. There's, I mean, it's a decent amount of people that's eligible. Damian Lillard's eligible. <laughs> um, uh, Maxi's eligible. Tiakam is eligible. OG Ananobi's eligible. Marketing is eligible. So it's an interesting list of, of players that's eligible for these contracts next season. Whether they're going to surpass Jalen Brown is one thing, but those are the players that are eligible for, for, for these contracts. So that's where I'll it gets interesting. It, I'll end it with a question to you, Calvin. Giannis's extension over or under three hundred and fifty million. Over or under three hundred and fifty million. Holy. He's eligible because what is he? He's thirty. Is he going to be thirty? I don't even think he's that old. By the time that kind, he might be twenty nine. Maybe twenty eight, twenty nine. Okay, so. Over under three fifty, you know, just leave it at that. That that's where my head's at. Because Anthony Davis is going to get over. He's going to have so many. Yeah, injuries. he'll be he'll be twenty nine by next year. Like Anthony Davis is going to have so many injury caveats in any contract that he's going to get yeah. that the mass, the like the top end number doesn't really matter. It's almost going to be like a football contract where, like, okay, yeah. what's actually guaranteed? I, my other interest would be. When Embiid comes up, what happens? Mm. Yeah, he's locked in for a few more years, I believe. But he's, the but the Giannis one is the Giannis one is interesting because, like, Giannis is eligible. But like, if I'm Giannis, I'm just saying, if I'm him right now, right? You know, you're gonna get whatever you do. You know, you're gonna get whatever the max is. That's not even something you have to worry about. Like, you look at Jalen Brown's number, and you're just like, okay, whatever. Like, you've won MVPs during this contract. You've won defensive play of the years. You've gotten you're, you you live on the first team all NBA. You're gonna be fine. He doesn't have to worry. And he's won a chip during this contract, uh, during this uh, during this current contract. He's fine. So he doesn't have to worry about whatever the max is. But if I'm him, I'm looking at 
the team because they're built they're built right now for they're not built for the long haul. They're built for right now in the next like two years, I would say. Because mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, uh Holiday is in his thirties and is in his uh like I think he's about thirty two or thirty three. He's talking about retiring by the time his his contract is over. Uh Middleton just signed an extension or he just signed a three year deal, but Middleton is about thirty two right now. Uh Brooke Lopez is already thirty five years old. Like the team is on their their core is an older squad. Like Giannis is obviously the guy, but he's he's the he's the uh, the peak of an aging mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm him, I don't know if I sign that extension because think about it. Like even if he does sign back with Milwaukee, he'll get more money if he waits and becomes an unrestricted free agent. Even even if he decides to stay in Milwaukee, but you have to kind of watch what happens around him too because that team is getting older. You don't know. It doesn't make sense to sign this five-year, three hundred and forty-something million dollars, and then now you have to worry about okay, who do we have to get to surround this guy? Because now you know Brook Lopez is getting older; he's slowing down. You know, Drew Drew Holiday's injury history isn't the greatest, and we know Middleton's history injury history is not the greatest either. So, like, if I'm him, I'm 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 hitting the open market. Even if I stay in Milwaukee, I'm hitting the open market because I if I stay in Milwaukee, I'm going to get a lot more than this extension. So to answer your question, if he decides not to do it, it would like if, if he decides not to sign the extension, he's going to make more than three fifty. Yeah, and it's deserved because he's like, like, and especially in a town like Milwaukee, he's especially with sports and tourism and places you want to go. Milwaukee outside of beer, he's the economy. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially around that arena, like he's the economy. Yeah, so, like it's it's totally worth it. Percent. He's the most interesting case. I, I think what's going on with the Clippers are the most interesting cases because you know the uh, the trade offs on the both of our podcasts. We've had those discussions about what do you do with those two guys because the, they're moving into a new arena and next after next season. So this is I think this is their last season at the well, it's not the Staples Center anymore. I think it's the crypto crypto dot com arena, whatever it's called now. But it's their yeah. last season in that in that in that um, in that arena, and then they're moving to Inglewood. So they're moving to their own stadium in Inglewood, but you can't move, you can't open a new arena or a new stadium without having a star to to be in it, or else you're going to lose money. Even when the Rams, when they they got their new arena, they threw all the stars that they could that they could fit under the cap and won a a, a Super Bowl the first year they're allowed to have fans in the arena, and then they're sharing the arena or sorry, this the stadium, um, SoFi Field. They're, they're, share, they're sharing that stadium with the Chargers. The Chargers just signed their their uh, their franchise quarterback to like like a two hundred something million dollar deal this week as yeah. well to keep fans in the seats on that side, on the AFC side. So the the Lakers own that arena. You know the the Kings aren't really Kings or whatever, but the Dodgers the Dodgers make money. They got stars. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Angels because with Shohei Otani and 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 Mike Trout, they got stars. So the Clippers can't be the team that's like, ah, you know what? We're not going to sign these guys back. They're, they'll, they'll lose money hand over fist. So what do you do? It's like they almost have to sign them back. Yeah, it really depends on how much what they sign them back for. That's really, looking at it, that's what makes it interesting. What are you going to sign them for? Oh, okay, you get it. If you just go blank check, then then you've you've – plunged your franchise into mediocrity or or less for the next five years. Mm-hmm. 
and, I, and I mean, and there's already rumors that they, they, you know, you hear like Paul George's name in trade talks already. Yeah. You know, so who knows? You know what I mean? But they, they have to. <laughs> Kawhi's not a guy that that publicity-wise, he's not going to carry your franchise in terms of. Not in terms of the game, obviously, but in terms of publicity and being out there for the community and, you yeah. know, and just trying to grow that Clipper brand. He's not going to be the guy to do it. He's too introverted. So you kind of have to pair them together. You know what I mean? For, for keeping fans in those seats. This is the first time you're in a, in a facility where you're not borrowing from somebody else in like, you know, over two decades. So and, yeah. and, then, and then you you gave up all your draft capital. Like the Thunder owns all their they either own or can swap. They control all their capital until 28, 28, 2029. So yeah. they don't I don't think they have a choice. They're kind of they're it's like they're kind of over the barrel on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it'll be a tough, tough off season for them. But but before we go, um well two things. What do you think? I know you you suggested this before, you spoke about this before, but what does Golden State do? Not so much with Chris Paul, but with Clay Thompson. You make that he's eligible. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a pay cut. The question is, at that time, where does where does he sit in terms of production? Because he's 32 as well, right? If I'm, yeah. if I'm not wrong. You know, he's got a few good years, but if you, you know, like if you get him for three years at 30 million per, that's a pretty good deal. Three years at the, like, a, like a Kyle Lowry deal? Yeah, or or like if you're looking at uh, shit, he's actually 33 now. He'll be 34 by next season. So by you, next you, this year. Yeah, maybe maybe you're giving them the, him that three years, 105 or something like that. Like the middle ten money, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and that's still tough though too because he's coming off of it's, those those major injuries. Well, look at his numbers. His numbers are good, right? Like. And you want to you want to give them ideally, you know. I'm not a billionaire that owns the arena. Do you really want to see Clay Thompson playing for somebody else? No, it's true. No, so I think Draymond, Steph, Clay, they retire together. Yeah, they, yeah, that's the only uniform they ever wear in my mind. As it should be. As Again, should. like think about it. Think about. It. When you think of Paul Pierce, you only think of him in a Celtics uniform, not the other four or five jerseys he played yeah. in, <laughs> right? Right. So I don't, I don't really worry about uh, legacy in the end of guys' careers. Not everybody can have the storybook. I mean, look at Melo. Yeah. He basically what had to he? fade off into the sunset. You know? With, so. with no teams, with, but basically with no teams wanting him. Well, I mean, he, he's, 38, he's 38, 39 years right, old. Right, right. It's reasonable right. to think that. And and my favorite is Elajuwon. Like nobody's gonna, nobody remembers Elajuwon in the in a Raptors uniform. Or I try not to, even though I went or, to some games. Or Patrick Ewing playing for the uh, Seattle SuperSonics. <laughs> you know what and, I mean? And, and you know what? Here's here's my final question though. Um, if basketball was like baseball or like football or like soccer, where you know, there's they don't have a cap for their max players. What would the max players be worth to their franchise? <laughs> Especially when you think about it in soccer terms or baseball terms, even. I mean, Mark Cuban would be giving Luca all the money, all of it. It would be sheer lunacy 
in basketball because owners tend to be idiots. So look at what Matt Matt Ishby is doing with Phoenix. I know he does not care about you. Don't think Mark taxes. Cuban Mark Cuban would do the same if he thought it could help him win? You know, look at how many teams. I mean, James Dolan would have done it. I, I just think of Jerome James. I mean, look at how many bad NBA contracts out there we would have weight everywhere. <laughs> it would be it would be insane because to me, who who would be the guy that would be worth the most? Like at this point, it's it's probably it's probably either Joker or Giannis, right? That that would that would command the absolute most on a like like yeah, guys like them would command at least ninety to hundred million dollars on an open market right now. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're not far from guys making $70 million a year. And here's something. If you listen to that Zach Lowe podcast, you probably heard this. Max Struess signed a deal for 62 or $63 million. That deal is more than Magic and Bird made combined for their entire careers. Yeah. Both made about $25 million. But it's it's that. But you know the the thing I always go back to is when you look at it on that scale, or you look at it on like okay, somebody like Demar Derozan has made way more than Michael Jordan ever made, right? At least in terms of NBA salary, not like yeah. you know off the court, but in terms of NBA salary. But it's all relative because my my thing is always if you can afford to pay a player seventy million dollars a year, what is the team making? The team's not scraping for pennies. I don't. I don't even get that deep into it. I just get blown <laughs> away. <laughs> that that that's where I see. But I, I I think like on an open market, like a team, like 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 what is Steph Curry worth to Golden State on an open market? That's that's probably like a hundred million dollars. I don't know, I'm, and I'm not saying he would get more than Giannis or 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 the Joker, but he's getting. He's probably going to get very close to that just because of what he's worth to the Bay Area and 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 the economy that. That basically that franchise was put in to that whole area. Like, think about it. Like, Golden State prior to this Curry era wasn't shit, right? And now, and, another... and now they got now they got the Chase Center in San Francisco. You'd have to basically mortgage your house to get a ticket right now. I'll give you another way to look at it. Why don't you take all that luxury tax money that they're paying and realize that that's Steph Curry's money? Right. Right. So that lineup is costing them like $400 million or something. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, Steph's like a $150 million player. Yeah. It's terrible. That's terrible guesstimation on my part. (laughs) And I haven't worked out those numbers. (laughs) I'm just thinking of it now. And I know there's a whole team that's getting paid a lot. But really, you could break it down and say, oh, Steph Curry is actually costing the Warriors – you know, probably over a hundred million dollars because because you have to keep it together. Yeah, but it's but it's worth it though for them. It's worth it, and to, apparently it is. And and you know what? To their credit, they're not penny pinching. To their they, credit, they, right? Like to their credit, they're not like because most teams would be like, "Man, we can't afford this anymore. We got to blow this up." Well, they they also are winning championships and still right. contending for championships. Right. If they weren't, they would have. I guarantee you, they would have. Clay Thompson and Draymond, those guys would not still be around. Yeah. Well, especially Draymond, punch or not, <laughs> they might have kept pool. 
<laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they would have let her go, but four rings later, it's like you you can you know you, you can kind of rethink these things, you know. Hundred percent. But it, it's it's crazy. Like I said, I think next year, you know, to wrap this up. But like next year, the like I can't wait to see what the TV contracts are going to be. Like what, and especially with Amazon and and YouTube and NBC and and some of these other apps that we don't even maybe even know about yet are, are, are sneaking in the back door trying to get some of this NBA money. What is this TV contract? Or is the media contract going to be once everything is said and done? Because like the like the Clippers already have one, like a streaming. They have a streaming one that's making them like millions of dollars hands over fist right now. And I think that just kicked in this year. So what what is what is this going to look like in the next year or two? The next twelve to eighteen months. What is what is the landscape of the media rights going to look like? And how is that going to change the NBA? Because it's going to change it in major ways. Again, hundred percent. You know. All right, Bill, but thank you once again uh, for hopping on this semi-quick podcast. <laughs> for, uh, always welcome, Calvin. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you for doing this. But, yeah, man, if uh, I might have to do a blowout podcast um, with as much people as possible once Dame finally gets traded. We don't know, we don't know when that's going to be, <laughs> but when a day comes, just be prepared. Uh, you bet. You bet, Calvin. Uh, thank you for joining another episode of the Av Podcast. Special shout out goes out to Bill Gagne for hopping on to discuss Jalen Brown and everything else regarding the upcoming player extensions, as well as Dame, James. Um, and shout out to his YouTube page. You can check him out at the Royal City Hoops Podcast on YouTube. All right. Now, the Av Podcast is going to be back on the week of August the 14th, so roughly in about two weeks, unless something crazy happens, like absolutely insane event happens in the NBA um, within that time frame that can't be put off or ignored. For some of you guys know, we, uh, we do an event every year regarding um, Caravan in Toronto. So uh, taking this week, the, the rest of this week off, as well as next week, uh, just to prepare and everything else. So just a little bit of vacation time and work time. <laughs> um, so we'll be back, like I said, the, the week of August the 14th. However, I'm also going to be launching another Memory Lane episode tomorrow. Uh, in my opinion, this is, this is a certified classic um, that will match up with what's happening in Toronto over the next week. All right. So look out for that one tomorrow. Now, as always, subscribe to any and all episodes from South Shore Ave Radio, wherever you listen to the podcast, including my website, SouthShoreAve.com. Uh, make sure you hit the like and favorite buttons, especially if you're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts exclusively. And once again, nothing less than those five stars. Please and thank yous. Please and thank yous. Um, outside of that, I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. And we're going to be back tomorrow with Memory Lane. For Bill Gagne, this is Cal C., and you just tuned into the latest episode of the Av Podcast right here on Sasha Rav Radio. All right, until tomorrow, we're out. Peace.